All right. Good morning. Welcome to today. Uh, today, um, continuing Dao Te Ching. Pretty much, we're at the end here. Uh, I believe this may be talk number thirty, um, but the numbering is a little strange <laughs> because um, I can't keep count so well over uh, eight months. But. Um, what I want to do today, as I said last time, is wrap around the end uh, chapter 81 with the beginning chapter 1 uh, in the style of uh, uh, the eating where hexagram 64 is before completion being the complete, the end of the 64 hexagrams or the end of their breakdown of the book of changes, the the, the cycle of changes from 1 to 64 at the end we find uh, not um, only an end but also a beginning likewise for Dao Te Ching um, I think um, bridging 81 back to 1 and some of the early chapters which is what I'm going to do today uh, is instructive and interesting and uh, today, then, I want to focus on chapters 81 and then 145. Just to review, just to reiterate key principles. Uh, I'm not sure if I will or won't next week read all chapters one after another. Um, I think <laughs> it's enough, perhaps, 30 weeks of this. And if anybody wants to get into it, you can read it yourself. You don't need me. So um, let me uh, start with, again, the reiteration of Chapter 81. Uh, and I might just read a few. So I'm going to start with the last Chapter 81, Tao Te Ching, first Arthur Whaley, then D.C. Lau. <clears throat> and this is review from last week. And then I want to read one and then four, five, and um, integrate them. So, Dao De Ching, Chapter 81, Arthur Whaley Translation. True words are not fine sounding. Fine sounding words are not true. The good man does not prove by argument. The one who proves by argument is not good. True wisdom is different from much learning. Much learning means little wisdom. The sage has no need to hoard. When his own last scrap has been used up on behalf of others, lo, look, he has more than before. When his own last scrap has been used up in giving to other, lo, his stock is even greater than before. For heaven's way is to sharpen without cutting, and the sage's way is to act without striving. And then, D.C. Lao, Truthful words are not beautiful. Beautiful words are not truthful. Good words are not persuasive. Persuasive words are not good. He who knows has no wide learning. He who has wide learning does not know. The sage does not hoard. Having bestowed all he has on others, he has yet more. Having given all he has to others, he is richer still. 
The way of heaven benefits and does not harm. The way of the sage is bountiful and does not contend. And that closes the Tao Te Ching very well. The Tao Te Ching, the purpose of discussing Tao and Tao Da is um, to reveal the ontology, the nature of being, the cosmology, the structure or nature of creation, which is called the way of heaven, right? Tian Dao. Uh, the way of heaven is the model for the way of the sage, or the ruler, or the Taoist, or the person who wishes to be in harmony with heaven. So, to be in harmony with what is, um, is the way, is a maxim, is a most efficient way of, of transformation. Not only uh, transformation of the self into the future, um, but also living well now, which just so happens to be of benefit to other people too. And so this is not a selfish teaching. Having bestowed all he has on others, having given all he has to others, <laughs> his own last scrap used up on behalf of others, his own last scrap been used up in giving to others. So using the self for other, making use of the self for other, um, offering what, what one has to other, giving, bestowing, used up on behalf, used up in giving, uh, the way of the sage is profoundly bountiful, hey, hey, just like heaven. The way of heaven benefits, does not harm. The way of the sage is bountiful because he's in harmony with the way of heaven. Because the way of heaven is just the way it is. Uh, but the way it is, um, is subtle. <laughs> it's not that simple. And to say that the way of heaven it benefits and doesn't harm uh, or sh is to sharpen without cutting um, this is not complete this is true but not complete all teaching all statement is possibly true any statement is possibly true but not complete so the raw material hey they didn't talk about that well okay so they didn't talk about that did you talk about everything am I talking about everything can anyone talk about anything in word is any word totality? No. Word is a small portion. It's a portionalized uh, uh, referent. Okay. So, uh, there's more going on. Uh, heaven is greater than the descriptions of various chapters here. And various chapters give different descriptions of heaven. Heaven's way, as the model of the sage, the model for the spiritually minded person, <laughs> the model for the person who wants to continue on the positive path. And so, this is not just about the the way of heaven as conceived by Lao Tzu, the way of the sage, and we have very talkative birds these days. It's always a certain type of bird that comes, that's how I know springtime is coming here. <coughs> the, uh, the raucous birds arrive in the bamboo. So, uh, mm, the way of, of uh, the Taoist, 
is the Taoist presentation of an ideal way for a human. And so this is, you can say this is Taoist teaching. This is Taoist teaching about human being. Taoist teaching about human um, self-realization or human development. So Advaita Vedanta may talk about non-duality and realization of the self that is all. Right? Self-realization fellowship. SRF, Yogananda, coming out of Hindu uh, Advaita tradition to some degree. <clears throat> Ramana Maharshi talking about you know discover uh, who you are what is uh, what I'm what am I using that as a path to realization of unity or Godhead totality um, here is a Chinese Taoist presentation 2500 years old taking reference particularly from um, the the truth of polarity and constant change and alternation. Very Heraclitian. <laughs> this is Chinese Heraclitian philosophy. Or the Tao, the Taoist uh, gets along very well with Heraclitus in general. And so this is their understanding of um, God in a non-anthropomorphized sense. Neither uh, as some kind of impersonal force nor as uh, a male father with a long beard. Um, basically, by the term, the way of heaven is the way of God, which is associated with the original intention or original desire or the plan, the original plan, and Ross says the original thought, the original desires, entity, seek and become one, um, the basis of love, in creation, the basic intrinsic inherent quality of love and benevolence, beneficence in in the vibration of light itself, right? Light that is love. Uh, the Taoist has some appreciation from that, for that, and desire to emulate that by what is commonly called service to others. The sage doesn't hoard. No need to hoard. Uh, Ross said, for the positive entity, things come through them rather than just to them. So, on the positive path, um, one is aware of being a vehicle or a vessel or a channel of love light. I mean, what do you help? You know, it's not. So, people say, Oh, I love you. Thank you for your love. Uh, I, I send you my love. It's not a possession. <laughs> there is no my love or your love there's my or your capacity to receive and transmit more or less universal love. My and your capacity to transmit, uh, to transmute uh, universal energy, light love, love light, intelligent energy, prana, chi, pneuma, from the root chakra to the green, blue, indigo band, or the higher chakras, green, blue, indigo, fourth chakra, fifth chakra, sixth chakra, um, people have variable ability. That's the mar that's the measure of soul evolution. In some way, the degree to which one can, the one has cleared lower triad blockages one two three to bring intelligent energy, kundalini, prana, ki chi, numa, spirit, elan vital from root to green blue indigo. Uh, and that's why the positive entity is not hoarding 
and things don't come to him or her, but through him or her, because they're the positive path um, of unity or love or non-control or support um, is radiant rather than absorptive. So on the polarity of radiation absorption, radiation is positive, absorption is negative, at least in some sense of uh, the two paths. And likewise, the sage or the person <laughs> wanting to be in harmony with um, uh, all loving creator source um, wishes to keep learning radiance, uh, the ways of radiation, which is the radiation of basically um, universal energy coming up the spine uh, to come out as love, wisdom, and awareness of unity and gratitude to all as is. So um, the, the sage or the yogi, or the monk, or the person on the positive path, um, seeks to be in harmony with God. You know, love God, do His will. Is um, love what is the one, and know, embody, manifest, uh, and further uh, the aims of creation being uh, support for all souls in their development. So, um, and at the beginning, uh, at the beginning of this here, we have some other talk about words and uh, their appearance or substance, uh, appearance and reality or appearance and substance, meaning the, the sound of a word versus the content of a word and learning versus wisdom, which is quantity versus quality. Certainly, um, substance is more important than appearance and uh, quality is more important than quantity actually, in general in general so um, much could be said about all of this, but I want to link now 81 to 1 and uh, find it at the top at 12 midnight it just happens to be 0, zero, zero. ho ho and um the way of heaven, the way of sage, um, at best being a mirroring, uh, leading to uh, being the basis. So what, what we see in chapter 81 is in some ways the basis of chapter 1. <laughs> the reality that um, the way of heaven benefits all, harms none, uh, this term, sharpen without cutting, is really to clarify without harming. It's um, sharpen awareness and um, uh, skillful activity in benefit, in service, in support, without harm. Cutting as harm and sharpening as clarifying, organizing, uh, directing, targeting, focusing in a productive, constructive way, without harm. And in harmony with heaven is the sage, or anyone who's developing green, blue, indigo, to likewise uh, act without harm, um, without contending. <laughs> the sage is bound, the way of the sage is bountiful, does not contend. It doesn't even mean the sage is bountiful. <laughs> the sage is the one who's on the heavenly way. And the heavenly way 
is itself bountiful, benefiting all, endlessly rich. Um, but the approach in terms of seeking, the, the, the approach of the sage to the way of heaven, their way of approaching the way of heaven or internalizing the way of heaven certainly focuses more on quality than quantity, on the substance than appearance, on the inner than the outer, on the yin than the yang, on the feeling and knowing or receiving than the doing and getting and taking and controlling and striving. So, chapter one. Um, what we're seeing now is the, the, the nature of source as the basis of the way of heaven, as the model for the sage. So the nature of source, or which is ultimately the source of the way of heaven, is Tao. And so you can say that source is Tao, and its expression as what's called a way, a way of heaven is Tao-da. Its manifestation is Tao-da. Its nature is Tao. And so, chapter 1, Tao Te Ching, Arthur Whaley, then D. C. Lao. The Tao that can be told of is not an unvarying Tao. The names that can be named are not unvarying names. It was from the nameless that heaven and earth sprang. The named is but the mother that rears 10,000 creatures, each after its kind. Truly, quote, only he that rids himself forever of desire can see the secret essences. End quote. He that has never rid himself of desire can see only the outcomes. These two things issued from the same mold, but nevertheless are different in name. This quote, same mold we can, call, we can but call the mystery or rather the, quote, darker than any mystery, the doorway whence issued all secret essences. And uh, a lot, much less um, mystified, mystification, terminology, translation by Lao, chapter 1. The Tao that can be spoken of is not the constant Tao. The name that can be named is not the constant name. The nameless was the beginning of heaven and earth, the named was the mother of the myriad creatures. Hence, always rid yourself of desires in order to observe its secrets. But always allow yourself to have desires in order to observe its manifestations. Very different translation. These two are the same, but diverge in name as they issue forth. Being the same, they are called mysteries. Mystery upon mystery, the gateway of the manifold secrets. <clears throat> so, in terms of source of totality, or the source of all creation, or the source of heaven and earth, the source of all, all that is higher, lower, was, is, will be, which we can call Tao, is um, not known by calling it Tao. <laughs> you know, the, the, the name the word Tao um, is nothing. <laughs> it's just pointing towards uh, a reality 
that is nameless, is mysterious, is formless, is um, of a nature that it's incomprehensible. It's an incomprehensible, as in Buddhism, the various incomprehensibles, one of which is cosmology. So, in fact, so <laughs> very directly stated by Gautama, that one of the topics that are um, imponderable, incomprehensible, and not worth too much time is cosmology, meaning the nature of source, or the nature of the manifestation of uh, from source of creation and light and dimensionalities and uh, all that. So source and its creative process um, as cosmology as the nature of Tao and its operation in Buddhism, <laughs> I'd say, is rightly called an incomprehensible. And here it starts with the same point. Um, any discussion of Tao um, is a discussion of words. Meanwhile, what we're talking about cannot be named. And don't forget that. And so Tao is not something it's um, what is and um, its nature. That what is and the nature of what is and what is. What is as an expression of its nature. Right? And um, form is emptiness, emptiness is form from Mahayana Buddhism, meaning uh, what appears to be form all around us, what we perceive as forms, objects, bodies, places, things, this, that, the other thing. Um, it's um, the form is an illusory appearance. It's an appearance, obviously, that appears to have separate objects of solidity or shape, dimensionality. Um, but that's its appearance only. <laughs> its nature is um, different, meaning there's and there are energy fields you can't see. There's a uh, uh, ontological essence or basis to that which has form, the basis being invisible or hidden, and um, uh, things, as the saying goes, things are not as they appear, nor are they otherwise. So things, their true nature, is not quite as it appears, but it's also not separate from its appearance. So appearance is a portion of its totality, and there's much more to it than its appearance but its totality and appearance uh, is one. Not that it isn't its appearance, it's just it isn't only its appearance. Things are not as they appear. They're not, their true nature is not identical only to appearance, nor are they otherwise. Its true nature is not separate or excluding its appearance. Its appearance is a portion of its totality, and its true nature is more than its appearance if you can get all that. And so that's some kind of unity of form and emptiness, or uh, all that appears in form is more than form. And so any talk of Tao and name used um, is uh, unimportant. It, it's irrelevant. It just doesn't mean anything, really. We're just uh, blowing air. But uh, it is possible by this air-blowing um, of various thought forms to know more deeply what is. And so, from this unknowable, um, all totality that is knowable or is form informed and definable and defined has arisen. 
from the nameless heaven and earth sprang the nameless the beginning of heaven and earth nameless named so the nameless was the beginning then yay now that is a different fellow we have there's a lot of action going on here that looks like a big magpie or some other kind of strange bird Ooh, this bamboo big grove is very busy at this point this time of year you might hear some other cra- crazy noise come in soon from him so um, the nameless or source beginning of heaven and earth heaven as non-physicality uh, higher dimensionality non-physical dimensionality and earth as 3D physical um, so all dimensionalities physical, non-physical invisible and visible came out of the Logos <laughs> came out of the One Infinite Creator the named then or all the, the various some various items in the dimensionalities which can be named um, then could also be called the mother of myriad creatures uh, because um, the named gives rise to beings so beings are uh, a few steps down so there's heaven earth and man uh, the source gives rise to heaven and earth and heaven and earth which uh, are part of the named um, gives rise to beings or man <clears throat> now the other point is um, so after this sort of ontological philosophy or Taoist philosophy of ontology or true nature and cosmology uh, there's a suggestion <laughs> the first suggestion to the sage uh, who's reading this book the sage in training <clears throat> uh, the first statement is rid yourself this is what I'm saying this is a guy's mouth not a uh, yeah. uh, the f- <laughs> The first teaching to for uh, uh, as sagely guidance guidance of a sage you know from from Lao Tzu the sage to the reader uh, the the sagely aspirant is to rid yourself of desire rid yourself of desire uh, only he that rids himself of desire rids himself forever of desire can see the secret essences observe its secrets. Um, if you, when we are free of uh, personal desirings, then we can know what is. And, you know, in Buddhism, the root of all becoming, we're just looking at this yesterday in the Suchi Loma Sutta, needle haired yaksha dialogue with Gautama. Uh, <clears throat> the idea that um, all sorts of mind states. Um, ultimately arrive from craving and the sense of self by craving tanha desire and and a sense of subjectivity a sense of selfhood uh, and that um, that that is the the presence of desire <coughs> so the <coughs> there's sort of um, macro and micro macro or essential desire is the craving that leads to rebirth seeking experience dimensional experience we're here because we're seeking dimensional experience 
as a catalyst to continue seven chakra transformation. Hey, hey. So, uh, but even in sixth density, for us from sixth density, or wherever, fifth and fourth or anything, um, wherever a being was before the being was reincarnated on earth, the being was there because the being also desired incarnative experience as catalyst to develop the seven rays. Same, same. So we're there, we're here. Um, I want experience, so I um, move to this town. And after I've finished, I'll move back to where I was from before. Uh, In both cases, there's desire. Now, desire for incarnational, dimensional, you know, dimensional incarnation. The experience of dimensional incarnation as catalyst for transformation of my body spirit, seven tray, seven ray, seven chakra transformation. That's fine, that's good, <clears throat> but it's only a quiet mind. Uh, particularly, I mean, uh, one really has to be free of craving <clears throat> um, and, and therefore cre- free of uh, desire for further dimensional, incarnational experience to be finished with the octave, to return to Godhead, or to enter Tao and burn up, like leap into the boundless and make it your home, as Chongsu, the Taoist, said. That's only possible with the complete extinction of desire, craving, and subjectivity. But before that time, um, in samadhi, in meditation, in quietude, with a quiet mind, the quiet mind is quiet because there's some temporary cessation of desire, some temporary lessening of desire. By that, one can sustain concentration, get to one-pointedness, get to some quiet mind, and see some things more clearly, like the secret essences, like herbal essence shampoo. Whenever I see see the secret essences, I think of herbal essence shampoo from the 1970s. (laughs) Uh, And so, there are... I mean, we're filled... We're surrounded by people who have worldly desires only. And the path is associated with um, transmutation of the worldly desires to spiritual desire, some balance between them, and a further uh, sublimation of worldly physical desire, physical, social, intellectual, mental, financial, Um, material desires transmuted to higher desires of mind-spirit or desire for transformation and service. Um, That's fine, but um, surely the way of the sage intending to be in harmony with the way of heaven or the logos uh, requires a great increasing, continually increasing or developing freedom from enslavement to desire or bondage to desire and craving and hunger. And that's just the way it goes. (laughs) So, meaning one has to be free from the lower to continue developing the total, not just the higher, but the lower and the higher. Um, One needs to be free from exclusively focusing on the lower, the physical, the material. So, So, in terms of Um, this chapter one uh, basically the first advice to the sage being um, you've got to lessen worldly desire 
if you wish to see and know, if you wish to follow the way of heaven, to know it, then follow it, and ultimately then become um, that, become in harmony with Dauda <clears throat> or the heaven's way, to be able to benefit and not harm, to be bountiful and not contend, to act without striving, to bestow or give on to others all that you can or you ought to or want to, one needs to be um, somewhat detached from uh, lower desire. What lower desire? Depends, right? <laughs> There's physical desire that leads to higher chakra transformation. There's physical desire that leads to lower chakra blockage. <laughs> so, lower desire is the desire that leads to further third uh, lower triad blockage. And higher desire is desire that whose fulfillment leads to lower chakra blockage clearance and higher chakra balance or development and balance. How about that? So desire isn't the problem, it's a matter of the consequences of desire and therefore the nature of the desire and the motivations, whether they're helpful, unhelpful, harmful, unharmful, or skillful, unskillful to one's long-term welfare and benefit or not. Desire is not the problem, it's the consequences of desire that indicates the value of a desire whereby some desires lead to being more stuck and in pain and some desires leading to be less stuck and in greater wellness. Okay. Now when we go to another of the core chapters that I'll read for today, and I really think I probably will not um, go through all the Dao Te Ching chapters reading straight, but anybody who's interested can go back to the chapters in this series, which is itself quite long. Next, I want to go to 4 and conclude with 5, chapter 5, meaning 81, 145. Now, when we get to chapter 4, reading Whaley, then Lao, um, we have some more description of the nature of Tao, even though the names don't really help too much, but they help a bit. Um, The naming of the qualities or manifestations of Tao and Tao as, again, further guidance for the sage who wishes to be in harmony with Tao and Dauda so as to continue their own uh, development to complete and perfect liberation or becoming the Tao. <clears throat> so, uh, chapter 4, Arthur Whaley then Lao, the Tao is like an empty vessel that yet may be drawn from without ever needing to be filled. It is bottomless, the very progenitor of all things in the world. In it, all sharpness is blunted, all tangles untied, all glare tempered, all dust soothed, or put down. It is like a deep pool that never dries. Was it too the child of something else? We cannot tell. But as a substanceless image, it existed before the ancestor meaning the ancient, most ancient Chinese fellow, uh, Yao and Shun, even before Yao and Shun, meaning mythical god-kings and Shung and guys who taught Chinese culture uh, 5,000 years ago. That's some mythology or um, old ancestor stories. Even before that being came to China from Deneb, I guess, uh, was Dao and Dalda 
or source that that endlessly creates. Uh, DC Lao chapter four: The way the Tao is empty, yet use will not drain it. Deep, it is like the ancestor of the myriad creatures. <clears throat> Blunt the sharpness, untangle the knots, soften the glare. Let your wheels move only along old ruts. Darkly visible, it only seems as if it were there. I know not whose son it is. It images the forefather of God. <clears throat> and um, you know, is it God or is it ancestor? Um, it's really not. Uh, it's not God in the Western sense. <laughs> so there's a lot of problem with using God in Taoist literature because it's not really what they, where they wrote it. It's not. not it, it's closer to ancestor than God, actually, or the the one before. But again, we're seeing qualities of the uh, mysterious, nameless, <laughs> essentially unnameable source Tao and Tao did its operation. Uh, as a model for the sage, it's empty. <clears throat> it's um, it's endlessly abundant, but empty. Um, meaning, you can't spill it. You can't drop it. <laughs> it's not of a limited quantity. It's not limited. It's unlimited. It's not bound. It's boundless, ba unbounded, limitless, inexhaustible. Cannot be exhausted. And so, it's empty. I mean, there's not a thing. It's a not a thing. It's prior to thing. Um, I talked. I looked at some long, long-bearded guru who seemed actually to be a decent fellow, talking about um, Shiva is nothing. Shiva's not nothing. It's no thing, or his view, <coughs> the source. He calls you know he anthropomorphizes source as Shiva. Um, fine. Um, and understands that source, Shiva, as um, no thing, nothing, commonly thought of as nothing. It's not no thing, it's no material object or trans-material, trans-conceptual, um, like Tao, same. You can call it Tao, you can call it Shiva, you can call it Satchit Ananda, which is a quality, you know, aspect of uh, description of some qualities of source. You can say love, you know, you know, will, love, light, the three laws. You can say Father, Son, Holy Ghost. <laughs> you can say anything you want um, in terms of essential qualities of source uh, because um, it it is of all those qualities and more, and yet it's no solid thing. It's basically the um, infinite potentia uh, prior to manifestation of uh, energy. And so it's akin to quiet mind. From a quiet mind, <clears throat> peaceful equanimity, um, which sees and feels and knows and yet hasn't moved or acted and can move by action or thought or speech and action physical behavior in any way it's capable of uh, and so ridding oneself of, of desire 
or being free of impulsive needing, impulsive neediness, impulsive, needy, clinging, craving, hungering, thirsting, uh, the three poisons, grasping, aversion, ignorance, free of um, uh, driven, ten drivenness, <laughs> impulsivity, let's say. Free of that, one becomes more still, one can see, one is more in harmony with the source, which is um, existence or all potential prior to movement. So, bottomless, <clears throat> the progenitor of all things, and therefore, um, its way is to be um, is to be embodied or um, mirrored or internalized, integrated, known deeply, and um, um, replied by harmonious <laughs> mirror, harmonious being with. Uh, and so that's the advice: blunt your sharpness, untangle your own knots soften the glare of your own eyes and uh, let your wheels move only along old ruts that's you know could be called Taoist or Chinese um, regressivism or regression or uh, conservatism or reactivity reactionism reactivity uh, the reactionary uh, doing the old way not trying something new um, whether that's good or bad I don't know but <clears throat> one way of understanding old ruts meaning old uh, old old paths a rut doesn't necessarily mean you don't have to get stuck in a rut you can also make great progress in a rut not by staying in the rut or the rut <laughs> by continuing to move forward in the rut meaning in the path meaning stay on the road meaning um, don't go into the bush uh, unless you want to stop going, stop moving, uh, you'll get tangled in the bush. So instead of getting tangled in the bush or waylaid by the robbers or getting lost, stay on the path. What path? The path of seven chakra transformation. Uh, the path that's in harmony with Tao. <clears throat> and so uh, let your wheels move, meaning uh, guide your life and your decisions and your behavior and your ways of being in the world um, in accord with the traditional, the tried and true and well, well-traveled, well, you know, well-established and proven ways that lead to, lead to development, that, that, are, that lead to goal, the goals you wish. And that, that's like, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You don't have to reinvent the path. You don't have to reinvent spiritual teaching. You just need to find true spiritual teaching that's relevant to you and then apply it um, uh, cap capably or carefully. So that's again making this bridge between discussion of source and its qualities to <clears throat> the way of the sage in harmony with source. Then finally um, chapter 5 uh, further, first Arthur Whaley, then D.C. Lau. Heaven and earth are ruthless. To them, the 10,000 things are, are but as straw dogs. The sage, too, is ruthless. To him, the people are but as straw dogs. Yet, 
heaven and earth and all that lies between is like a bellows in that is in that it is empty but gives a supply that never fails work it and more comes out whereas the force of words is soon spent far better is it to keep what is in the heart then dc lao <clears throat> heaven and earth are ruthless and treat the myriad creatures as straw dogs meaning um, expendable, sacrificial, impersonal tools. The sage is ruthless and treats the people as straw dogs. Uh, although there are other definitions of straw dog. Is not the space between heaven and earth like a bellows? It is empty without being exhausted. The more it works, the more comes out. Much speech leads inevitably to silence better to hold fast to the void and uh, again a further explanation of um, the ways of heaven particularly and so you've got Tao uh, nameless, unnameable mysterious, inexhaustible source of heaven and earth it's a, it makes heaven and earth he, heaven and earth are manifest by Tao's expression as Tao Da the virtue, the Da or virtue, power the virtuous power or all virtuous uh, omnipotent power uh, boundless power of Tao which we call Tao Da gives way or gives rise to heaven and earth and then 10,000 things so heaven and earth are ruthless. What does it mean? Ruthless is without Ruth. Um, it's that's obviously not the real the original word. It's actually humane, <laughs> and that that is that was both of these fellows, Lao and Whaley, probably saw the standard uh, translate the standard meaning of the word Ren. It's like Zhongguo uh, Ren. Ren meaning person. Uh, it's not the same word. I think it may not be the same word as person, but it's Ren, which means which is translated as humane. Not a heck of a lot different than human. It's a human with an e. And so, heaven and earth are not human. <laughs> human and earth, heaven and earth are not personal. It ain't personal. It's just business. And that's true. Um, not only is source not humanoid the source of totality in creation baby is not humanoid humans didn't make creation <laughs> creation is a whole lot greater than human and humanoid body form uh, and so heaven and earth and Tao and the logos is not human and you can say that it's not humane not humane um really means not sentimental to your personal feelings and and desire it doesn't it it doesn't mean uh brutal and violent and cruel it means not of a human fashioning not um tied to human sentiment not personal <laughs> and that's the secret of how to know who's finished with the game the ones that are finished are no longer human 
They may be in a humanoid body form, but their mind is no longer human. Mm, the level above human, as uh, some distorted people called it. Actually, like Nityananda, Gautama, certain teachers that look to me like they're really finished, meaning they're out of the octave, they're free, they're free of reincarnation. They don't need it. They don't look human either. They have a human body and face, and they talk fine, but they become forces. Of, they become forces of nature. They've become a universal force. That's what I can see. I personally can see that with some of them. How do I see it? How do I know? By way of it, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm um, delusional. But it seems to me um, the being who becomes at one with the logos or is qualified to leave the old octave has really put away their humanness long ago and I can see that they basically become a universal force and power a force of nature I'd say and, and somebody described Nichinanda that way actually uh, and that's what it means that heaven and earth are not humane they're not human they're not sentimental they're not made by your preference. And you go up and you go down in accord with law. Not because they like you or don't like you. You're, it's not exactly reward and punishment here in this creation. It's cause and effect. Good cause, good effect. Bad cause, bad effect. That's all. <laughs> Seeding and fruit. Seeding and crop. That's it. So, activity of speech, uh, of thought, word, and deed of our thinking and our beliefs, our sense of ourself and our core beliefs about the world and our values, our motivations, our um, beliefs about all sorts of things uh, are the core foundations from which our speech and behavior and decisions, physical behavior, uh, emerge. All those are seedings. And uh, they give rise to fruit by law not by sentiment or personal whim or fickle um, or God's, uh, you know, playing a game here or something. This is not the... There's no... Uh, there, there are uh, gamesters of Triskelion, yes. They're, they're in fifth density. I found them. But <clears throat> they didn't create... <laughs> they didn't create their consciousness. They're uh, subject to greater power that uh, allows them to have embodied consciousness. But it's very true that um, the Logos giving rise to dimensionalities and the laws like the law of karma and the law of polarity or the fact that there is polarity. There is polarized vibrating light um, or sentient light or consciousness light energy matter in form, meaning beingness with consciousness and subjectivity in the forms of matter and energy, which are light, in uh, a, a pretty clearly causal, temporal, spatial, you know, temporospatial causal situation called dimensionalities, where there appears to be, or we experience time and space, and subjectivity, and causality, and whether you do well or do badly is totally the result of you and your seedings in thought, word, and deed. 
period. And that's what it means, uh, straw dogs, I'd say. <clears throat> and so the operation of Tao, yes, Tao Da, creating heaven and earth with its laws and, uh, you know, vibrating polarized light, um, whereby there's spatio-temporal, temporospatial causality across multiple lifetimes and dimensionalities at all levels of our being, interpenetrating with all everything else that's also affecting us and we're reacting to all that. <clears throat> that's just the game. That's just the way it is. And it ain't made by you. And whether you do well or you do badly, you're having a good time or a bad time, um, is all up to you. <laughs> that's the thing. That's what Buddhism is saying, too. Uh, if you're miserable, you made it. You can unmake it. The, there are people who are in joy next to the one that's miserable. There are people who are miserable in the mansion. There are people who are really in joy in the hovel, in the uh, broken-down shack. There are those that are in love, and some may be in joy. And there are those that are in suicidal misery in the mansion. <clears throat> Usually it's a Mick mansion, I've heard. <clears throat> so, uh, mind makes uh, experience. And one really can change the mind. Believe it or not, you really can. This is not forever. You know, thought and emotion and current states of mind are impermanent. <clears throat> they are changeable. Mind, they will change. And one, if you put the right seeds in, you'll get the right fruit out, and that's the end of that. You want health? Make this, put in the seeds of health. You want well-being and wealth, or you want understanding and discernment? Put in the seeds of that. Put the seeds in, you'll get the fruit. It's law. Whether you like it or not doesn't matter. Um, whether you use it or not doesn't matter. doesn't matter in the sense it doesn't matter to Tao or Heaven or the Logos. Or maybe they care, but you do or you don't. It's up to you. <clears throat> and so... Uh, this is the, the notion of straw dogs is sort of um, that which um, serves um, for ritual or beings <laughs> serving as the um, the population that does creation in dimensionalities <laughs> heaven and earth are, are filled out by the beings within the dimensionalities but um, any lifetime comes and goes. <clears throat> any body form comes and goes. Mental states come and go. And they're not that important in a sense uh, because they come and go. <clears throat> what, what is really important is, is what doesn't come and go. And in the end, that's called the deathless or the logos or nirvana or the end of the path or um, the essence of soul, you can say. The nature, the nature of... Uh, the nature of being, its true nature. So, <clears throat> likewise, um, heaven and earth uh, and all that lies between, like a bellows, like an empty space where it's formless, it's, it's pre-formal. Before there's form, before there's energy, there is um, the one infinite creator, or intelligent infinity, which is <clears throat> filled with, or... Um, of boundless power and love and potential or capacity for light and activity uh, and that's what gives rise to all all things and 
that's <coughs> you mean that that's actually the model for the sage, and that's the point. Um, the sage seeks to make their mind akin to the bellows, the uncarved block, or the bellows of Tao that gave rise to heaven and earth. So heaven and earth, like a bellows, is endlessly creative. <clears throat> that heaven and earth that's endlessly creative um, ultimately came from Tao itself, which is also endlessly creative, but it created the basis of dimensional creations, or it creates dimensionalities that themselves are creative. And so empty but gives a supply that never fails, never exhausted, the more it works, the more comes out. And that's also <laughs> an important principle. Um, when it's right, and we continue with it, it gets better and better. When it's wrong, or distorted, or intrinsically harmful, or broken, or unfit, or damaged, and we continue on with it, things get worse. <clears throat> so, um, work it, the more comes out, the more it works, the more comes out. <clears throat> Just one little phlegm there, doesn't come out. And um, that's contrasted with the way of, of endless speech. Much speech, the force of words, um, putting too much stock in speech, right? The good words that are not necessarily true. Um, back to <clears throat> chapter 81. True words that don't sound good. The good words that are not true. <clears throat> the way of proving or not proving by argument, the difference between wisdom and learning. And so the sage, in harmony with or seeking to be in harmony with the Tao and Dauda and heaven and earth, ultimately, um, seeks to not exhaust himself or herself and not do harm. <laughs> to dwell in the boundless means um, non-exhaustion. <clears throat> Whereas desire or the intention to persuade or control or prove, I need to prove by my argument. I want to persuade. Uh, I want quantity of learning and demonstrated that for everyone to see. All that leads to exhaustion. All that leads to uh, death or an end. <clears throat> and that's not um, the way of heaven which is inexhaustible. And so uh, the sage seeks to transform his life and mind and therefore expression uh, <clears throat> into that which is in harmony with the inexhaustibility of source. Uh, and that um, inexhaustibility leads to non-exhaustion uh, in personal experience. <clears throat> so, uh, likewise, <clears throat> excuse me, not exhausting oneself uh, by trying to know everything. It's okay, I don't know everything. He who knows has no wide learning. And the contrast between learning, which is quantitative, and wisdom, which is qualitative. So, the Taoist sage, the one who wants to be in harmony, and 
be bountiful, be able to be bountiful. You can't be bountiful if you're poor. You can't be bountiful or rich if you um, are damaged and weak and wounded. Can somebody unmute for a moment and speak a word, then return? Just, just. Okay, thank you. <clears throat> yeah, the white noise has returned. So I'm going to wrap this up. And again, the contrast is between quantity versus quality, where quality um, is of wisdom. Knowing quality is of wisdom, and having or gaining quantity of knowledge um, is of the worldly and um, comes to exhaustion. While appreciating quality without the need to prove or persuade or control or um, dominate or clay claim to all these phrases we've seen through the chapters uh, appreciating quality appreciating emptiness appreciating the yin appreciating the female which is the receptive the inspirational um, the subtle, not the coarse, the being, not the doing, the seeing, not the laying claim to and manipulating. All that is of the way of heaven, and all that's of the way of the sage, and all that is the way of inexhaustibility or uh, brightness without glare. And being that way, appreciating that beingness or in building or developing that quality of beingness into his or her being or quality of mind and life <clears throat> um, the sage um, doesn't need to hoard doesn't need to lay claim they don't want that you know Gautama doesn't want 12 Rolls Royces like Osho <laughs> Nityananda doesn't need to eat he doesn't want food because he really doesn't need to eat physical food you can feed him, he'll eat. You don't feed him, he doesn't eat, because he doesn't need it. He's in inexhaustibility of nourishment by union with the with totality. So it seems. So <clears throat> um, these are um, pointers, um, fingers pointing to the moon, um, that that basically indicate the way of the sage as a mirroring or harmonization with the way of heaven or the way of Tao and Tao Te, that is the heart of Tao Te Ching. It's not just like, take it easy, man. It's, um, there is certain discipline <laughs> to learning the Taoist or the sagely way. It's not just, take it easy, man. Uh, yeah, surf, surf and smoke. It's not, like, not quite that um, simplistic. Um, so, <laughs> with that said, um, the sage's way to act without striving, the not hoarding, and um, moving to non-exhaustion, uh, from that we'll call it before completion and complete the series reading Tao uh, Te Ching. So, uh, I appreciate everyone who's been listening and uh, the class and um, those back home 
in the, in the globe and uh, around the globe. And I hope you benefited from it. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. And um, see you on the next side or uh, in the next series, wherever that might be. Uh, so, thanks again. Take good care of yourselves. See you next time, and good night.